<laughs> All right, here we go. Fight stories. John Moses. Yeah, John baby. Morrison, baby. Got another another awesome episode today. Um, yeah. This is one of the episodes that it's different. It's a wild card for sure. Yeah, but and, it also you know, merges the hockey world and it mer- a little bit. But you know, our you know the guest had his moment, dude. He had his fifteen minutes. He had a moment of infamy in, in New York City. Um, this is one of those situations, dude, where it's like you really find out the metal that you're made from. And this guy has only had one fight in his entire life. And it's the fight of his was life, it, dude. And it's the fight of his life for his life. So I don't want to give any more away because it's, uh, yeah, because it's a great episode. But it's Joe Lazito, um, who uh, stopped a subway slasher. Probably and he's the host of he's the host of Coliseum Chronicles, the podcast. Yeah. So he's you know a big New York Islanders fan. I think Gillies was talking about him on on his yeah. episode. So yeah, and this is this one's a, this one we really nailed early on. You can tell because like <laughs> my back, I was looking at this episode. We didn't even have the split screen. Like I didn't even figure that out yet. It was just us talking like it would cut to me it would cut to you laughing it would cut to him it would cut to you and like my room you just see my room behind me and it looks like buddy i look like a fucking peasant you know (laughs) well like early on in the pandemic too we didn't know what the hell we were doing this is all for how long you know for us yeah exactly so we're just trying it out and then all of a sudden it just starts to become what the podcast is right now and and uh you step up your game with the pr- production value and the the look of it. I mean, I look like I'm doing a hostage video in Iran, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or a white state video. Yeah. Wow. Um, so uh, Tyler has a new part time job that uh, he can talk about. He is a full time gambler now. And- <laughs> <laughs> got the taste yeah i got a buddy uh shout out to trevor crane trevor crane he, i met him through um, the inside man through one of our other guests through Corey mcdonald the prison guard who was on season two yeah and i was partying with those guys but trevor was telling me about how he's had some some good luck gambling on golf and he picked some winners buddy that so is a yeah, super gambling addict right there dude when you start finding golf like i talk to you and you're like yeah but i gotta get up for these soccer games like you're in it dude <laughs> <laughs> it's it not even taking oh, you that long you're in it yeah well so that so i so i just follow this guy's picks i don't know anything i just trust what he's doing because he's right. obviously had some results and and yeah. i won thousand dollars uh on patty reed and and i love that pa- patty reed was caught cheating I don't know if you saw it, but he's he got caught cheating in the uh, tournament, and everyone was freaking out on Twitter. It was it was very obvious. Somehow he got away with it. But was I'm, this I'm after like, oh my God. you had already got paid out, then he got caught. Cheating. No, no, it's before, so I was sweating it. <laughs> like, are the wheels gonna fall off? But I'm also really hyped that got my guys willing to cheat to win yeah <laughs> i feel like he's feel like if i'm gonna me, die I, this is the guy i want to die with you know yeah yeah i feel like i'm his caddy when i'm in this situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so that's yeah, cool. so he he got away with it and he he pulled off the win and then uh, yeah, it was it was nice. Super Bowl obviously just went down. The so you made some Brady, money on that. Yeah, yeah, I pulled pulled about three seventy five out of that one, which is so. Nice how did too. you? What did you bet? Honestly, I just bet a hundred. What did I bet? Hundred and fifty on the main line for the Bucks to win. Just right. kept it simple. I just had, you know, I've been watching football a year. Brady and the boys have been very consistent. The fact that they beat Green Bay, who has an, a great offense, right. and they've been deadly all year. The fact that they're able to shut them down, plus Brady's got so many options for throwing to. I mean, Gronkowski, I don't think he had a touchdown in like nine games. Fucking and then right, he's dude. getting two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Fucking That's right. one of your when right. Gronk is an option time, to go all time playoff duo too. You know, yeah. Oh, that was so sick. I love Gronk, yeah. but it was all it was also really um, telling yeah, great, how no. the depth of their offense when Gronk hasn't got a touchdown in nine games and they're in the dance, yeah. and then he's picking two, getting two. I'm right. unbelievable. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of options. Gronk always looks to me like he's a fucking video game running in slow motion compared to everybody else, but somehow still is fast or faster than yeah, most. You know what I mean? go. Like he's got like a weird fucking stride where he doesn't look like he's going fast, but clearly he's fucking motoring, you know, mm-hmm. probably cause he's got long legs. Uh-huh. So he's just making up ground. He doesn't have to yeah, take as many strides to get where he needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, we need foot. We need to find some football fighters, like actual football brawls. Yeah, not yeah, on yeah. the field, guys who've been to some off. Oh, we I mean, need. Yeah, we need the necessary roughness. Fucking chicks. Yeah, yeah. Through the drywall. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. what's All your right. favorite football movie? What's your What's your favorite football movie? Oh man, that's a good question. I probably probably. It's either necessary roughness or um, fucking Jerry Maguire, dude. Cause yeah. Because Rod, Rod Tidswell was so fucking hilarious. Cuba Gooding was awesome in that movie, you know. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. What about you? My favorite, my favorite football movie, hands down, The Program, with James Caan. Oh, yeah. That was a yeah. sick movie. Yeah. Love The Program. Latimer painting his face up. Yeah, who was the one that, like that was, was was chucking the chick around the the hotel room? Was that the program where he's like, oh, "Yeah, that's Latimer." Get him out of here! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like a college party. It wasn't at a hotel, but oh yeah, 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 yeah he yeah. was he got a little carried away there. Yeah, no means yes. Football's, <laughs> football's a game of inches, baby. So, um, <laughs> so. I, I went to go and bet on it, and even though I'm like a like a like a, a big Brady fan, I was like, man, I just think Kansas is gonna win, and I would have bet on Kansas because like, FanDuel was like bet five bucks, win two fifty, but I just couldn't figure out the app like a fumbling idiot. Yeah, and, and they ended up losing anyway. So, you know, just goes to show how bad I am at gambling. Even when my team wins, I can't fucking win. You know. <laughs> yeah, it just falls apart in your hands. Technology's oh, yeah. a bitch. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So what else is going on? I don't know if if you guys heard this uh, legendary boxer Leon Spinks. He passed away. Rest in peace, Spinks. I'm pretty sure he took the title from Muhammad Ali, right. which is huge. I mean, it was yeah. later later in his career, Ali, but yeah, nonetheless, he got yeah, yeah. And that was a little interesting story about Leon Spinks. Is while he was the champion of the world. His bodyguard was Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T was the bodyguard, and uh, there was one. There's one story from Mr. T's book, "The Man with the Gold." Yeah, great book. If you ever have, if you ever can find this book, it's a sweet read. And uh, Mr. T talks about how there was just a huge brawl with the crowd, and they're just punching people. It's basically a riot. Wow. Is Leon Spinks uh, when he was when T was his bodyguard. So and that's those uh, guys are those guys are punching crowd members. Yeah, well, just Mr. A trail T is, of bodies. Mr. T is right. Mr. T is the great the 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 top bouncer in America. Won eighty four bounce off. <laughs> that's how he's just how how they discovered him. He was on that. Uh, NBC show, I think it was, yeah, America's Top Bouncer or something like that, or Fucking 84 Bounce. 1984 reality TV trash. Yeah, just, yeah, well, there's uh, Leanne Maladen, who's been on our podcast. She's going to be on this season. She has a bit on her new album actually about that and how they actually had midget tossing. <laughs> <laughs> In the wild world of sports, right? <laughs> that was part of the, the bouncing, like the bouncer competition. Is just, you know, like, when would you ever need that, you know, as a bouncer? Like, this little fucker again, just chucking him out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, check out her album that's coming out. Yeah, cool. Cottage Comedy Digital. Oh, so. yeah. Another Cottage Comedy killer. Late to the party. Um, yeah, man. So that's well, rest in peace, Leon Spinks. Rest in rest in peace, Spinksy. All right, what do you say? What, what do you say we get into this episode? Yeah, for sure. Before we go, though, we got to mm. we got to hype up our sponsor, Uncle mm. Ronnie's Teabag.com. Go over to Uncle Ronnie's Teabag.com. Check out all of our fight stories merch. We got that new fight story shirts with Trevor Gillies, the cross. Uh, the cross contamination. The cross contamination. <laughs> Punches aren't vitamins. Punches are vitamins with the skull looking lethal. Check that out. Obviously, if you're a hockey fight fan, you're gonna love it. Yeah, and we got shirts with our logos as well. Um, also, check this out. The last, I got one more of these. Hit us up on social media if you want one of these. You're gonna have to come through PayPal or some shit. I got one, one more. It's in a large, yeah, and these yeah. are sweet, like you know the warmest and most comfortable hoodie i got one left for one of you fucking pricks <laughs> one of you good time boys yeah these are you know this is the last of the run so uh, right get on that shit if you want right and i don't even think we have any hoodies right now that we're that we're pushing it's all t-shirts so yeah yeah so there it is boys we'll get some hoodies out soon but yeah, this yeah, is the yeah. last we'll of the run. Out, but... one more one left so someone's got to step up be a step uh-huh. up Stevie and get on that shit and go to uncle Ronnie's teabag.com. Yeah. Thanks to Ronnie for sponsoring us. Thanks. Unc. Thanks. Unky. <laughs> <laughs> All awesome. right. So 
this episode, Joe Lazito, the uh, yeah, local hero, man. New York City hero, dude, for a week. That guy was the fucking tits. And pure class. Just a beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Great guest. Yeah. Very excited. to. Ha- I was so excited to have him on and, and excited to present this episode to you guys. I think it's been 10 years since wow. the... Uh, since the incident, I think it was the anniversary. You might have to. Dude, and go, go I was living me. in New York at the time, dude. And it was, you know, I, I remember this story explicitly. Amazing. Well, guys, we're not going to fucking jerk each other off much longer. Let's just, let's get right into it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Lazito. John Moses, Tyler Morris, and welcome to another episode of Fight Stories, The Zoom Files. We're talking with Joseph Lazito. I said that right, right, Joe? Yeah, you just call me Joe. But yeah, right, last right. name's perfect, and uh, just Joe. Joe Lazito. Joe was infamous for uh, taking down a subway slasher in New York nine years ago. I remember living in Brooklyn at the time. I'm in Jersey now, but living in Brooklyn, and I read the Daily News every morning like that was my ritual, and reading that story and thinking, man, this guy is a fucking lunatic. <laughs> you. I, mean, I was talking about you, dude. Yeah, not yeah. even the slasher. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. not the slasher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That goes yeah. without saying, right? Yeah. No, because I, that's I was, always a nightmare. I was part of that news cycle for, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks. Well, maybe a week or a week and a half, and then uh, – I wasn't part of it again until like a year later, but yeah, that was a pretty, uh, pretty wild episode. I, it's, it's always interesting for me to hear people who, you know, like you say, you were there in, in Brooklyn, which is yeah. where he was from and where everybody that he attacked was except for me. Uh, so I'm always, inter- I, I'm always interested in hearing like what you guys were thinking because you know, you're in Brooklyn at the time. And nobody knows where this guy is. And all he's doing is going around killing people. So that always fascinates me. It's John Moses' uh, Summer of Sam. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because, oh, John, because for those 28 hours, like, I guess it was not, I don't want to say horrifying, but especially if, you, you know, if you're someone that, you know, worries about that stuff, it had to be a little nerve wracking, no? Well, I mean, so much crazy shit happens in New York all the time. Listen, yeah. the the some subway slasher guy you know is less the story than a guy fucking taking him down you know yeah, because the slashers happen all the time you know? yeah it's true and you're and always it's gonna, it's gonna happen a lot more nowadays yeah for sure yeah. Mm-hmm. it's happening yeah. um it's funny because like and, and everybody has that moment like everybody's everybody's doing the the mark Wahlberg 9-11 monday morning quarterback you know, like if I was on that fucking train, <laughs> yeah. but truthfully, wrong. dude, you'd be like, what the fuck would I do? You know, like yeah. that is actually one of my worst nightmares is to have some fucking maniac on the train with a knife confront you, you know? Um, after it happened, um, I had a lot of people say, oh, if, if I were you, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have done this. I would have done that. And and I basically said, you're better than I am because if you had asked me the day before what I would do, I would have said, I have no fucking idea. I would right. have hoped, I would have hoped I would have done what I did, but I, you can never, I mean, unless, unless like I've always said, like, even if you train 
in in boxing or MMA or something like that, unless you actually train in like tactical warfare or whatever that is, you can't yeah. prepare. You can't prepare for something like that. So yeah, you know, in a way, it was better for me that I. I mean, I was definitely caught by surprise. I I didn't really have time to think. Right. And so, and for the for our listeners who are, I was just about to say, let's yeah, we, we could get go ahead, sum it up, Tyler, because we yeah, kind of yeah. launched right into it. For our listeners that, that aren't familiar with the story, can you give us the rundown, like the play-by-play, how this thing Well, works. hold on. Let me give first. Let me give you first um, what had happened. Um, I'll, I'll read an old ABC article. Joseph Lazito, Joe, as we've come to know him, Joe. the man being dubbed a hero for helping disarm and capture a New York man accused of going on a, a 28-hour stabbing spree. Um, so this guy had killed three or four other people, uh, his girlfriend, an in-law, some rando, and then, you know, you were next. And it sounded like the cops were sort of closing in on him as he got onto your train and was pounding on the subway car trying to get in. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, I'll just take it from the subway. Uh, I'll take yeah, it from yeah. the point of the subway. So um, I got on the subway and... You know, like if let me ask ever... you a question: What were you yep. doing in New York that day? Well, I was living in Philadelphia at the time, but I work right. in New York City. I still work in New York City. Oh, I was uh, I was commuting for because I love Philadelphia, but uh, and you I can get a pretty... house for a dollar. Yeah, and, but I have a pretty good job in in New York, so uh... so you commute from fucking Philly. Let's talk about that, dude. You're a lunatic twice over. To well, not a, you know from uh, Philly to New York. Well, here's the deal. Um, we had lived. I moved to Philadelphia for anyone that collects sports cards. I used to work for Fleer, the trading card company. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's what originally brought us, brought us down to Philadelphia. So, and I really took a liking to the city. I know a lot of people shit on it and sports fans shit on it, but I really like Philly, man. I love Philadelphia. But and that commute's a fucking monster. Yeah, it sucked. It was two and a half hours each way. And, and what was happening was I was missing a lot of my kids' stuff, like uh, ball games or or different things. And after a while it was getting too much. And then after everything happened on the subway, that was kind of the icing on the cake. And uh, shortly thereafter that uh, we came back to Long Island. Two and a half hours each way. There's probably yep. a couple of times where you're on the subway, like somebody kill me, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not on the subway, but on the, on the LIRR and not the railroad uh, on uh, SEPTA or Jersey transit, probably. Yeah. Uh, How many trains is that from Philly to New York? Well, most of the time it was just two because the, the uh, SEPTA, the transit in Philadelphia, I used to think was the worst. I forgot how bad the railroad was here. So most yeah. of the time I would drive into Jersey and jump on Jersey transit and that oh, me right okay. to Penn gotcha. and then I'd just jump on the subway. So That's still so fucking insane, that commute. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough because I love Philadelphia. I didn't really want to come back to New York, but yeah. it was the best thing for us after everything happened. Sure. Uh, you know, I love but, Philly. I love Philly. Yeah. Philly's like a Philly's a real tough town. Everybody's yep. got hands in Philly. Yeah. And, uh, and there really is like a, um, it's kind of like where a little for me anyway, as somebody who's just like going in and out, going in and out, it's almost, I don't want to say post-racial, but you get a real good mix of black and white, blue collar yep. working class people that just don't seem to be separated by race the same way as you see in other places. You know? Yeah, and for me, it reminded me a lot of Queens. I grew up in Queens, right? So part of the city that we lived lived in in the Northeast. It reminded me a lot of where I grew up, and uh, 
I, I loved it to this day. I love it. Any chance I get to go back down there, I do because I miss Wawa terribly. Oh, I love a Wawa. Yeah, I love it. Top I 10 reasons it. I moved to Jersey. Yeah, it's probably one of the few good things about Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't like tolls? <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you in Jersey again? I'm in uh, Red Bank, Monmouth County. Oh, okay. okay. So pretty yeah, close not, to the shore. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not, too, it's not like you're in Trenton or anything. Yeah. So, okay. I thought maybe you were going into town for a game that day or something because you're no, a Flyers we're... fan. But okay. So you're. Oh, no, I'm an Islanders fan, by the way. Islanders. Oh, right. I saw yeah. your kids in Flyers shirts. <laughs> yeah. Back back in the day, you know, they grew up there, and it yeah. was important for me not to push. My, man, my wife is a monster sports fan too. We actually met at an Islanders game, but it was oh, important. Cool. Yeah, it was important for me not to push our teams on them. So we kind of let them decide who they wanted to root for. And my oldest boy, Joey, he kind of gravitated towards the Philadelphia teams. And when he was little, my youngest son, Dominic, was more of a mama's boy. So he kind of gravitated towards whomever uh, my wife rooted for. Okay. So, uh, but now I think they kind of, even though my, you know, Joe will still say he likes the Philadelphia teams, you know, if there's an Islanders game on in the house, he'll watch it. But, uh, you yeah. know, back then, yeah, we wanted him to stay loyal to the Philly team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want you don't want to be that kid in classes like in Toronto. Growing up, there was always one kid with the Montreal Canadiens jersey. Like yeah. we like the Canadians. Exactly. Like, well, you know what? Funny. There's still a lot of you know down there. And, and a funny story: when we first moved down there, uh, my wife is a rabid Yankees fan. So uh, it was I think it was exhibition game. It might have, it wasn't even like uh, inner inner league game, whatever. It was like an exhibition game. Right. And, my wife is like, we're going to the game, and she's wearing her Derek Jeter shirt, whatever. And while we're driving the car, she goes, "Man, do you think you know I'm gonna get shit for wearing this?" <laughs> and we get in there, and half the place is Yankees fans. So, oh, like, you know, lucky, cool. Yeah. So I'm just like, what? I mean, I'm a Braves fan, so I really didn't give a shit. But uh, yeah. But I was like, down there, you know, it's the fans. Yeah, still, are your wife's wearing a Jeter's, you know, shirt. Well, she gets a beer over her head. Yeah, you, know, you well, gotta step not, up. It's not like, oh, for sure. But it's not like she's wearing a Troy Aikman jersey to an Eagles game. That's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always been weary. I have yet to go to a Leafs-Flyers uh, game. I've been to a Leafs-Islanders, Leafs-Rangers, Leafs-Devils. And, you know, Philly's like the next – is the next step. And I haven't been there. But I've always been a little weary wearing the jersey because I hear that their fans are just such animals. Nah, you know what? They're good fans, and I don't. You know, you're not going to be alone. I mean, you're a Leafs fan, so yeah, yeah, into yeah. these arenas, you know, when you go to a game, there's even you know, Coliseum, there's a ton of Leafs fans everywhere they go. Right. So, you know, listen, you're always going to get a small percentage of assholes that are going to chirp at you and everything, but oh yeah, go there. And <laughs> well, they're usually sitting right beside me, so yeah, <laughs> these are my boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think you'd be okay. Let me yeah, know when yeah. you're going down. Maybe I'll meet you down there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely call you um, for the Islanders game. Ty, maybe, maybe next time, maybe we can swing it somehow. Yeah. Next we'll, time, we're recording a, a round. We'll, we'll plan it around a Leaf game and, and go see one of the Nassau Coliseum now that they're playing back there. Yeah. I used to sure. love going to the Nassau Coliseum because it was so cheap. Mm-hmm. For twenty-two bucks, you could sit ten rows off the ice. I mean, yep. to me as a Leaf fan, that blew my mind. It was cheaper for my brother to fly from Toronto and watch the game than it would have been to buy the same ticket in the garden you know yeah yeah that's uh, that like for my wife and i that's our home away from home i moved cool i moved to long island right after the cup years and oh uh, yeah yeah so i moved there we were i moved to you know maybe four towns over 
And uh, I, I spent so much time there waiting at the hotel for the road teams coming in, meeting the enforcers of the other teams and going oh, to morning cool. skates and stuff. So that's like my home away from home. And, and Oh, really? yeah, yeah, really? Oh, for you're, sure. Yeah, you're a super fan. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, not as much as I used to be, but uh, right. you know, with the way the game is now, but uh, definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely a fight nerd for sure. Yeah, I had buddies that used to go to the garden and try and, and hang out and like hang by the doors and try and get autographs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But it sounds like you working at the card shop, you doing, you, you meeting these, it sounds like that you were kind of living that life. Well, you don't want to hang out at the garden too long if you're a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it was easy because there was always a group of people, you know, the way the it's situated here on the island, um, the hotel and the Coliseum are basically connected. They're in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're separated by a parking lot. Yeah, so, let, that dump. yeah. So even if there were 40 people waiting for the guys, 38 of them were waiting for the star player. And here I'm waiting for like, you know, Tony twist or Darren Kimball or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. nobody wanted to talk to those guys. So I had all the opportunity and they're just happy to have a fan. Yeah, yeah. No, and they were, and you know what? Like you've had Kim be on, I think, right? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're just, and you know, they're just great guys. So like you shit with them, and and like you get to know them. And next time they they come in, it's like, oh, come on, we'll grab breakfast or whatever. And it's just fucking great. So uh, it has its advantages not being a you know a star fucker, I guess, and worrying about the top scorers on the team. Right. So yeah. So I and we are totally away from the yeah, sub that's okay no 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 but that's okay that's yeah, okay because yeah. i've actually wanted to talk about it yeah. so were you a, a scrappy kid growing up or just or just this big fucking dude john i can't emphasize enough i was i'm gonna say something here that might break my mother's heart because she kept telling me different <laughs> i was the fat kid who she called husky um, <laughs> i was the fat introverted kid that got bullied and, yeah. Okay. And, which I think is usually the story, you know. But uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I uh, not so much bullied on a daily basis, but there were periods of time in my life where I was bullied. And yeah, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Probably, <laughs> where you wish somebody would stab you on a train? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I thought I shook that, but apparently not. Just, just to talk about how times have changed. So yeah. Um, this is pro. I mean, it had to be. I don't know, 78, 79, you know, and I'm a kid and these three kids on the block, I was one of the younger kids on the block, but they were, they were older and they were kind of, you know, pushing me around or whatever. And uh, I ended up with like a bruise on my leg and uh, my dad saw it. And my dad is old school Guinea, you know, from Italy, straight oh, yeah. off the boat, Vietnam wounded, right? Like doesn't take any shit. So we saw it. He's like, okay, fuck, let's go. So we go to an old store called TSS Times Square. It's kind of like a department store. And I, he buys me this red Adirondack baseball bat, right? And he, we go home and he says, anybody <laughs> touches you ever again, you hit them with this and then come and tell me and I'll handle it. And I'm like nine years old going, what is going on here, right? So thankfully, thankfully, um, yeah. After that, uh, he went it's like down a fucking Bronx tale. You're like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and thankfully, after that, when he went down to talk to the parents, everything kind of settled itself down. And I just had a baseball bat to play ball with. But oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for a moment, I was like, Jesus, I'm going to fucking name someone here. It's going to be okay because my dad said so. But yeah, uh, and you're still thinking through it. Your dad's like just barfing out post traumatic stress to a nine year old. Like, you fucking kill him. Well, it's, it's funny. You know, funny thing, like my dad is my dad, and he's not, he's not as big as 
I am, but he was always yeah. kind of like an average size guy, but he was always, it never worked out, but he always was shredded, you know, like just yeah. that kind of, he always worked with his hands, you know, old school. Yeah. And maybe like seven, eight, nine years ago, I was at a block party and, and, um, we, I was talking to some of my old neighbors from the old neighborhood and we were talking and, and my dad came up and he goes, well, your dad is fucking crazy. And I'm like, what? And he goes, Oh my God, I have so many stories I could tell you about your dad. And he told me a couple and I remember telling my dad and my dad's like, ah, you know, it's so, wow. He didn't even want to, he didn't even yeah. want to like, he didn't go like, yeah, tell me, go, 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 go. Well, but you know, you know, it's the same old story now. Like my dad, strict disciplinarian, you know, I was afraid to say boo. Right. Yeah. I mean, I told the line, like, I didn't want to ever get in trouble because when he started cursing, it was bad. And when he started cursing in Italian, that was the time to hide. Right. Right. Well, right. Um, Belt busted out. Right. So I tell my kids, oh, if, you know, Poppy's this, Poppy that. Meanwhile, he's like the big cuddly teddy bear right now. I yeah. say, oh, yeah, Joey did this. Dominic did that. And he'd be like, oh, just let him go. I'm like, They're who kids. are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're fucking hanging from a belt in your closet. Ah, oh, my. Catch, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, who are you? But catching no, a beating I, in two languages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, look, I, I've, I, I'm talking about my dad a lot. My dad's a good man. And he, yeah. he, he taught me discipline. And, um, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world. I, I always like to say I am who I am today because of my parents. So, so at uh, what point do you start sort of standing up for yourself? Uh, you know, it wasn't really an incident. I think it was just more of a mindset. And I think it was um, in, high, in high school, probably uh, 11th or 12th grade. And, and uh, I just, I don't know, maybe I just had an epiphany one day, just like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, of course, never thinking, well, you could get stabbed seven times. But uh, <laughs> like, I'm thinking like, what's the worst that can happen? If someone wants to start shit, you get in a fight. And if you get your ass kicked, so be it. But you know, like you, you stand up for yourself and nothing, like I said, nothing ever really happened. But I think it just hit me one day. And uh, yeah, so that so I did kinda, you from that point, did you get your ass kicked a couple times and feel like that wasn't so bad or no, you know what? I swear to God outside of the subway or a few games of deck hockey here on the Island. I've never been in a fight. Wow. Believe it or not. Never been. In, wow. now there, there's been times, trust me, there's been times uh, at probably at hockey games. Uh, my wife tends to be a bit vocal. Uh, and uh, you know, if someone says shit, she's going to say shit back. And then I have to push her aside and go, okay, stand behind me now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But she's a tough broad, but uh, no, I, I, I'm never really had too many fights. Uh, like I said, I think I've had. Maybe that makes the whole fucking situation yeah. on the subway yeah. so much more crazy to me, yeah. because at least if you've had, you know, 10, 15 fights under your belt yeah. while you're, while it's happening, you can think on your feet a little bit. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, this is happening. You're not like in straight panic mode. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what you, if you guys, what you guys call deck hockey up in Canada, uh, where you, I mean, yeah, floor hockey. Yeah. Floor, floor hockey. hockey. Like you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Right. So, and it's full cages. So, if I had two or three fights, well, in that part's party, a little, that part's a little GAY, but anyway. well, no. Yeah. But what I'm saying is in those fights, you're spending 90% of the fight trying to get the guy's helmet off. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. trying to do that and not break your fingers. You know, right. Yeah. So even though, like I say, I may have been in like two or three of those, what were they really like? You're trying right. to get the guy's helmet off and then hit him in the face with it. But they weren't much. It's not like I'm Bob Probert there. It really was. It probably ended up just being a wrestling match or who can twist each other's necks. So I almost don't even really count those. You know, right. I've had, I've had a lot of near misses, but really 
not much ex- before the subway. Wow. All right. So let's jump into the subway. So, um, so I get on the subway at Penn Station, and, and usually, for those of you who've never been on the subway, you get on the subway, the doors close, and it moves. Um, I got on the subway, doors stayed open. It's weird, but it happens. Next thing yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. You figure it's some drunk passed out in the door, doorway yeah, or something. of course, of course. So next thing I know, these two cops come in. And usually when the cops get on the subway, they stay in the park with the people. But this day they went in with the engineer, which again is weird. I've never seen that before. But it's a Saturday morning after a long Friday night. Who the hell knows what's going on? So right. they go in with the engineer. And now the subway starts moving, but it's crawling, like literally crawling. Like, let's say someone strong like Tyler is in the back of the subway, just pushing it with his might and everything. Yeah. Not, it, it was super fucking slow. So now I'm kind of going, mm, something's not right here. And next thing I know, this guy comes up and like where I'm sitting right now, here would be the door for the engineer. So the door is right here. And he comes up to the door and he starts banging on the door and he says, let me in. So he doesn't know the cops are on the other side of the door. He thinks he's just talking to the engineer. But the cop says, who are you? And this guy says, I'm the police. So the cop says, you're not the police. And nothing happens. The guy turns around, he goes and sits down. So wow. now, now I'm going, oh, that guy's probably just shit hammered from last night, whatever, just fucked up, you know? Right, right, right. Next to me was this guy. After that first guy left, this guy comes running over, running over to the door. Now he looks like he's scared to death. And he's patting on the window, trying to be as discreet as possible, mind you. Patting on the window, waving for them to come out. Patting and like... So he recognizes the guy. I'm the only one on the train, I think, that doesn't know who this guy is, but he definitely recognized him. Did you know there was a slasher happening, though? I had no clue. Okay. Because that news cycle hadn't reached Philadelphia yet. So I I think I'm the only one. I'm probably the only one in New York City who doesn't know who this guy is, right? Right. (laughs) So this guy's, you know, tapping on the window, trying to get the cops to come out, and they're not even – it's like I think they were – they shit themselves so they didn't do anything so the first guy starts to come back and the second guy runs and stands right next to me so the first guy comes back he's about two feet from me about three feet from the door he looks down at me he reaches into his jacket he takes out this eight inch knife and says to me you're gonna die you're gonna die and right in the face right right here holy shit so okay so now i guess we're in a fight so I, i like the, the whole like mixed martial arts and UFC thing became a story because I said I'd never trained before, but I had watched it since UFC one. And I guess instinctively what I was trying to do is go for a single leg takedown, but because I've never trained before and I've been, I basically became a football tackle. So yeah. I kind of, instead of going low for his leg, I ended up around his waist. Oh yeah. Just face full of this guy's dick. Right. Exactly. So, which I found out later isn't a good thing, by the way. Um, so I take him down, like he went down, but while I'm taking him down is when he's stabbing me in the head. So oh, he's got, yeah. So all those, it's exactly right. All the, the pictures that you may have seen. Yeah. 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 You were stapled up. In, yeah. In my head, those all happened while I was taking him down, but he's so hopped up on whatever drugs it is. I take him down. He's on his back, go, you know, still flailing away. Like he does, he's not feeling anything. Yeah. So I'm on top of him. I have, I have like dominant position and he's flailing up at me and I'm trying to catch his wrist. And the first time he does it, I miss and he, and he slices me in the thumb. 
Second time he does it, I miss, and he slices me in the tricep. Thank so God now, he didn't stab for your eye. Well, thank, thank God he didn't stab me in the eye, this eye especially, because this eye sucks. But yeah. the bigger thank God is yeah. when he was stabbing me in the head that he didn't stab me in, like, my spinal cord. Yeah. Then I'd, then I'd be dead. Um, so finally, the third time that he tried to stab me, I caught his wrist, I slammed it down, he dropped the knife. And then, and only then, or when the police finally came out and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you can get up now, we got him while the blood is pouring out of me at a crazy pace chicken shit motherfuckers meanwhile they were defunded i don't know how deep you want to get into this but uh, yeah, meanwhile if you if yeah. he was a black dude they'd be tripping over each other trying to get the clean shot yeah i mean well they were uh, both of the cops were black it was a black dude uh, bigger yeah. than me by the way and yeah. a black lady who was beyond useless yeah 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 well, I'll, like I want to go on the record here. You know, I'm all about equality, but female cops are useless. Okay. Well, uh, you want to hear something funny? My sister is a retired NYPD cop, yeah. and I gave her shit all the time. And I said, it, I said, look, go on YouTube and watch videos of female cops trying to Hell take yeah. down these guys. You'd be, does, be patting, you'd be able to be patting down chicks at a TSA line. Yeah, I mean, really, like, like I go, and, like, my sister, she's, she gets me. And, you know, of course, thank God she's yeah, retired yeah, yeah. now. I hate for her to be a city cop now. Yeah. But I go, I've seen way too many videos of a guy carrying two women cops, like, 20 yards until the male cop gets there right. and whatever. But, I mean, listen, I know people are going to think I'm sexist and I'm not, but... Get the fuck out of here, dude. This is a Sometimes it just yeah. is what it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. If our That's channel, what I'm saying. You know, our channel, I, I was looking at the analytics, 100% guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. It's like the same thing with, like, the fire department. <laughs> like, you know, where, yeah. where you get... They, they give you a break. If, if you're, like, a woman, you get, like, a certain break. And I'm like... If I, I just need to know that the person can carry me down a ladder. I don't care what their gender is, but I don't yeah. want someone up there that got like special dispensation because they're a lady and they can't carry me down the ladder. Damn right. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, that the dumbest cop ever is the lady cop that was on the train that day. And the most coward cop ever was the male cop on the train with me that day. Right. So, and we'll get back to that. We'll yeah. get to that in a second, but I just want to know. So, from the first time he stabs you in the face mm-hmm. till the time you tackle him, um, and then to, till you knock the knife out of his hand, how long do you think that whole thing is? 25 seconds? Yeah, maybe maybe 40 seconds, 45. Like, it always takes me wow. longer to tell the story. Yeah, it, it's very quick if you think about it because, you know, his whole agenda was to kill me and my whole agenda was to get the knife away from him. So one of yeah. us... One, it was like the irresistible force and the immovable object. One of us had to get the job done. Unfortunately, it was me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's racing through your mind? So he stabs you in the face. And you like, mean, does, it, the does anything even go through your mind? Or is it just like you just reacted? When in the middle of the fight, there was nothing going through my mind except get the knife away from him. Uh, because right. I, you know... I give him one. I give him credit for one thing. He was honest with me. He was trying to kill me, and when I saw that knife up close, uh, I I knew it was legit. And um, so during the actual fight, no, it was just get the knife away from him. But then what happened was, uh, they someone pulled the emergency brake, 
So we were stuck in the tunnel between Penn Dude, State. Well, you never pull the fucking yeah, emergency right. brake. You so, never pull so it. We're, we're in the <laughs> tunnel. Let it get now. to the next stop. Exactly. We're in the tunnel now between Penn Station and 42nd Street. And I'm sitting on the subway now, and, and the blood is just pouring down, pouring down both sides of my neck here. And I am starting to think I'm going to die. Maybe you're going to bleed out. Right. Yeah. And that's when I started thinking of my family and that's when it started to affect me. And, and, uh, and it really, that's when I started thinking about it. Like, you know, uh, am I going to see my wife again? Am I going to see my kids again? And, yeah. and I started to freak out a little bit, but, uh, during the fight, no, it was, uh, it was just get the knife away from me. Right. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Like the reaction, especially given that you had like no prior experience yeah. in any, in anything. It was just yeah. a great, fight or flight and you choose fight you know no other civilians uh, tried to intervene or like no just... they were they were too busy trying to get into the other car no yeah. and, and and i'm i make a joke about it but i mean honestly like what we were talking about where you know people say i would have done this i would have done that like yeah. if that's happening in front of you i don't know how you react and i think half the car went into the next car and half the car kind of just stayed in the other half of this car and yeah. uh, eventually, uh, a guy named Alfred Douglas, who who I say is the hero, he's the one that came over and, and uh, basically just put his hand on my deepest wound and tried to stem the bleeding a little bit. But uh, no, as far as getting in the physical altercation, nobody did. And, and I, I don't know if I could blame them for that. Yeah. And especially because they all knew who he was. Like, they knew... Right. They knew he had killed four people the day before. I'm the only one who did... I'm probably the only one who didn't know, so if you're in that situation where you're on a train and you see a guy that you know killed four people and now now shit happens you might not be willing to jump in anyway. yeah yeah truthfully the the backstory might actually keep them from reacting if they didn't know any like if they didn't know what was going on they might have been like oh yeah. help them but now they're like this guy's a mad you know who knows what fear has sort of par how fear has paralyzed them in the seconds leading up to it you know yeah I don't, I don't blame anyone uh for i don't blame any of the passengers for anything uh yeah. like i said there were two people on the train that day with a job to do they were on the on that train specifically to arrest the guy and that, they fucking knew who and who was he, on the other side of the door man i i always say like if you're a cop and and you're a good cop i guess the whole thing in your career is maybe you want to make that career defining arrest right and here's a guy a multi you know spree killer and yeah. he's handing himself over to you on a silver platter because he thinks he's talking to the engineer he doesn't know he's talking to a cop and you can right. come out and be the hero and instead you shit the bed and you you risk probably 20 to 30 people's lives on that subway not just mine yeah, uh, right just protect yourself could have you been know. even crazier yeah it, it, like i don't i don't understand that and again i'm not I'm not puffing out my chest and everything, but it's no, not. Like, I mean, it's but it's not like it's not like they're auxiliary cops. You know what I'm saying? They went through training. the The male cop is not only bigger than me. He had set. I mean, double digit years experience. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, you know, but I uh, always, you know, given the circumstances and what's going on right now, I think every single cop should take four years of MMA or four years of jujitsu. You know what I mean? So that they can handle these situations. I mean, anything, any kind of martial arts training, like you say, jujitsu would be the perfect one. All right. Uh, but also just, I mean, obviously, you know, I guess the point is no matter how much training you have, if you're a coward, you're a coward. And, That's this, the and, thing. and if you think about it, a lot of people that are cowards get, uh, get like, uh, not 
I guess the equivalent of beer muscles when they have a gun. And this guy yeah. had a gun and he had a nightstick and he had the element of surprise and he still chickened out. So in his case, I don't think any sort of uh, martial art discipline would help them. They need yeah. meditation too, though, eh? Some of these cops. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what this guy might have been doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was praying. I don't know if he was meditating, but he was praying. <laughs> I, I think I'm outside. I'm outside fighting with this guy with a knife, and he's looking for the quarter that he dropped. I don't know what oh, happened. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. Together, you guys get a real put a number on him. Did you, uh, did you talk um, to him at all? Did you Did you give him shit? Well, here's the thing. So, like, I would have at least tried to bleed in his mouth. Well, but, but here, let me, let me put a spin on this now. Um, because everything happened so fast, I didn't, there's really no concept of time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So while I knew they didn't come out right away, I still wasn't a hundred percent sure. I'm in the hospital for a day and a half. This happened on a Saturday morning. They let me out, believe it or not, on Sunday afternoon. I, I don't think I was in any condition to be released from the hospital, but they did anyway. And starting Monday morning, I'm doing interviews on TV and so I'm, I'm doing interviews and just, I'm not saying this like, Hey, I'm a great guy, but I never want, I, I just like to deflect praise, you know? So I'm there saying, well, police are heroes and firemen are heroes and the first response, you know, like all that stuff. You yeah, know? You're saying all that. yeah. I, I have my, like I said, my sister's a cop. I have a couple of cousins on my wife's side that are cops and I really respect the job they do because I know they take their job seriously. And, and like my thing is, if you're an, if you're a cop who takes your job seriously and you're going out there every day knowing that there's a chance you're not going to come home, well, yeah. I respect that. So, um, so I'm just like, you know, I'm not I'm not a hero. I'm not this. I'm not that. I, I'm out of work maybe four or five weeks, and a guy that was on the grand jury actually came up to my job and he told me about my testimony. Like he's like, oh, your testimony was unbelievable. We were going to indict Gelman no matter what. But you should know that after you testified, Terrence Howell, who was the male cop, testified. And he basically testified that while he was watching the fight, he started to come out. But he thought Gelman had a gun, so he closed the door and stayed inside. So oh, I'm going, chicken shit. So I'm going, wait, he admitted this? And he's like, yeah. And the funny part was he, the guy says, like, when he said that, all the grand jurors were like this. Like looking at each other. Oh Are shit! Are you kidding me? And they're and you know they're all New York City residents, so they're all New York yeah. City taxpayers. So they're New York City taxpayers, and they're and they all lived it in real yeah. time. Yeah. So he said when when uh, Howell was done testifying, they kind of all got up and surrounded the ADA and said, "Can we press charges against this guy? He obviously didn't do his job." And the ADA is like, "No, no, no. That's not why you're here." And blah blah blah. But when he told me that. Then I knew, like any questions that I had, I knew for sure that they fucking dropped the ball and hung me out to dry. So, so, so that's why nothing happened he, between. Did them you end up suing them? Oh yeah, I mean that that day. So that day, what do you think um, you got that sweet headset, Mike? Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice, right? So, uh, oh, he's got left. <laughs> it's pretty sweet, right? So uh, that's why there's a humming on my show, I guess. But uh, <laughs> uh, no. So what happened was that day, I, I basically say it's like getting attacked all over again, because now I'm still living in Philly. Now I got to I'm not going to tell that to my wife on the phone. So right. now I got to go the two and a half hour trip on the way home. And I got to kind of, and I talk to like I, the first thing I do when I leave work is call my wife, call my kids. So yeah. while I'm talking to them with this knowledge in my head, I got to make sure I don't say anything. 
So then when I get home, I tell them, and that was it. We kind of decided, well, we have to do something. And uh, so I contacted a lawyer up here on the island, and I'm thinking, slam dunk. Like, how could it not be, right? Of course. Well, when I, I met him, he goes, look, I'll take your case, and we'll do this, and, and, uh, and I'll do what I can. He goes, I just want you to know that uh, I don't know how far we're going to get. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Like, what do you know? You know, you're only a lawyer. But uh, basically, he said what they're going to do is they're going to try to dismiss the case because they're going to say that the police had no special relationship to protect you. And I'm like everyone else going, wait, isn't that their job? To serve and protect, uh, right. Right, exactly. So he goes, you know, what they're, he, here's the example. Technically. He gave, here's the example he gave me. If I would have known who Gelman was, and I would have knocked on the door because I saw the cops go in there and knocked on the door and had a conversation with them saying, by the way, the guy you're looking for is there. And they would right. have answered me. Now we have a special relationship. It's fucking stupid. But, you know, that's that's, that's how they weasel out of it. And right. what ended up happening was um, we, we took them to court and my lawyer actually at one point recused himself because he called me and he said, look, I can't. There's no way I can. I can't myself and my colleagues. We, we thought there's no way that I can win this case for you. So wow. I actually ended up taking it on myself. I did it myself. I was ready to go. I, I was fraught. I knew I didn't have a chance, but I wanted at least my day in court. Yeah. And, you know, I put together my case, you know, like they're, they're lawyers. That's what they do for a living. So they're preparing their case when they go to work. I'm, I'm preparing my case before I go to work, when I get home from work, on my day. Hey, I just, I just had a uh, court battle with the water company. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's similar, right? So, uh, yeah. so I put together this, this thing, and I just, I think it was pretty good. Even the judge said it was pretty good, but she might have just been blowing smoke up my ass before she uh, raped me. But um, so I put this thing together, and I thought I made a good case because in my head, all I'm thinking is, all I need is to is to just put a little doubt in her mind and then we can go to trial. And if we go to trial, I know I'm going to crucify them. I know it because I don't need right. to. Or at least you can cause a little bit of a media circus and maybe exactly. they just give you some hush money. Exactly. Um, but I honestly think if we had got, if we were going to go to court, they, de they definitely would have settled out of court because they wouldn't have wanted me to speak on this to the media or anything like that. I had already done enough of that. And now they, they wouldn't have wanted it on a bigger platform. But one day I'm at work and I get a call from my lawyer and he's like, um, did you hear that your case was dismissed? And I said, no, I didn't hear it. And why, why did they call you? Like, I wasn't mad at him. I was just curious why they called him. And he goes, no, it wasn't the court that called me. It was the Post, the New York Post. So he goes, Joe, they'll probably uh, send you something in the mail to let you know. But if you go on this website, you can see it. And they dismissed the case because they said police do not owe a duty to protect. And by the way, while you're still there in stunned silence, what she also said was that my recollection of events was highly credible and believable. So basically what she said is, I believe everything you're saying, but because we're corrupt, I can't go forward with this. I swear this is the first time where I'm like, ah, maybe defund the police. <laughs> it, it's really, it, it, it's, it's just really incredible. And, and I will, oh I will say God. this about the police. What's incredible to me is... Yeah. Um, you know, not only your personal injuries aside and this guy's lack of a fucking backbone and, you know, inability to do his job. You stopped the guy who was slashing people. 
I mean, you, you probably saved somebody else's life. Like, isn't there something that you're entitled to because of that? Like, to me, there should just be a flat-out million-dollar fucking payout that comes out of the city's, New York City's tax roll because you did that. You know what well, I mean? Like, never mind negligence. Like, no. fucking, why don't you get something? Well, smarter people than I have basically told me if uh, Bloomberg wasn't the mayor and if the shitball that's in right now is the mayor, they would have just open the bank vault for me but bloomberg wasn't going to do it and um god bloomberg spent 500 million <laughs> for president he could have fucking broke you off a little chick. yeah no i know and um but but you guys should know that an award was given for bravery that day it just was given to the officer on the train and not me oh. they gave him an award for bravery yeah Jay and i found that out i found that out by accident because every now and then <laughs> Every now and then, if I'm on the computer, I kind of just like Google the cops' names and the judges' name just to see if anything comes up. And one day, I just happened to Google Terrence Howell, and it was like a Facebook post from the uh, police page. And it was just like, oh, Terrence Howell was cited for bravery in apprehending Maxim Gelman. And I'm just going, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Like, it just never goes away. Oh, he's got... We, he's got to be clowned for that. Somebody, somebody probably pulled him aside and was like, "Hey, man, like you got to start acting as if you fucking did something, so you don't get sued." Like that grand jury testimony you just dropped—it's like a I, dagger. So start I, acting accordingly. I've, I've pretty much since the day that, the day that I found out that he he punked out, I've pretty much gone full Chael Sonnen on him, like challenging this and challenging that. Like when Chael Sonnen challenged Anderson Silva all those times, <laughs> I basically did that. Um, and I'm sure he was told not to say a damn thing, but from what I've been told, he plays the role. Like he definitely plays the role. Like he's this big shot and a hero. So he's convinced himself that he did something. And uh, Howard. the whole, the whole thing is, you don't get any money. You're married, so you don't get any subway slasher stopper pussy. I mean, what is the fucking <laughs> what a wreck this is? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and here's the other thing: like, like I Kill never. I, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, my wife is really good about things, so I'm good yeah. with that. But she give you a hope, pass? <laughs> no, 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 and, and I don't want one. And I don't want one. It better be uh, a fucking Islanders fan. I am. Joe. I am <laughs> no, but you want to hear something funny? She's had to talk with my sons. That they are not allowed to marry Rangers fans. Swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Swear to God. Um, but here's the other thing: like, if you want to talk about layers of corruption, so not only did did they give credit to these two morons that were on the train, they also give credit to a third cop who was off duty that day, but it apparently helped. And also off duty. <laughs> but yeah, but by the way never saw the guy wasn't on the train when i saw his picture in the paper i go that fucking guy wasn't who on the, the fuck is this guy I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just looking for a credit so so i go they must have owed this guy something because yeah. that motherfucker wasn't on the train that day but yet he's getting credit for it and the guy who actually helped me this alfred douglas yeah. nobody and they interviewed him for hours the police interviewed him for hours when the police talk about what happened that day, they never mentioned me. They never mentioned him. They just mentioned. They never me. mentioned you guys. Oh, no, and and all I am is just the strap hanger, the victim. Never right. mentioned me at all. And it's funny when you, when I go back and I watch like their account, like even on Good Morning America, that was the first show I did, and they showed this video recreation. And while I'm sitting there and I'm watching, I'm going, "Well, that's not how it happened." 
but they got the new they got the information from the police and it's a total fabrication Mm. we should do another podcast called flight stories and we can have terrence on Oh God! Yeah. Or shit your pants stories. <laughs> well, actually, Tyler, you just did what Kelly Taylor show. Yeah, and yeah. He doesn't at the end of his show he has their shit your pants thing. Yes. So they have Terrence Howell on it because that's a perfect story about shit. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, uh, uh, cool. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, that's a story. I got uh, I almost got murdered, and then they screwed me in court. And 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 here's the thing. I, I've had a lot, like, talk about the money and everything like that. I've had a lot of people. I got another lot, question. Go a lot of really nice things for me and my family since it happened. I well, mean, that's nice. I, I mean, really, like, above and beyond. Like, I mean, even, you know, I met Dana White. I mean, Dana White was just amazing to us. Like, you know, the Islanders, the Flock. Oh, cool. Like, everybody, there's a ton of people who did a lot of nice things for us. Right. And, obviously the first thing that like you know like you said you think of is going to court and getting money and everything like that and listen i'm not going to sit here and say if they offered me money that i wouldn't take it of course i would I yeah a, yeah yeah i got a kid in college now i got another one on the way but all i wanted was my day in court and even if i went to court and lost i could live with that you know what i'm saying i could live with that because then at least the system kind of worked but now yeah, at least there was like a little check and balance, you know, exactly. I mean? he, doesn't, because, he doesn't get to get this like declarated horseshit. Yeah. You know, but, but the fact that everybody knows, everybody yeah. with a brain knows what happened. Everybody knows, knows the story. And I mean, pe- people know, like no one ever, there's like five people on the planet who think that these two idiots did something. Yeah, but but if I got my day in court and I had a chance to go, like I was fired up, like you know, you ever, like you guys talk to fighters all the time and whatever. I'd be they furious. Say. I would be well, fucking furious. But here's the thing: so you guys talk to these guys all the time, and what do they say? Oh, I had this fight coming up three months from now. I I thought about the fight every day. So before I even stepped into the ring, before I even stepped into the cage, I had that fight a thousand times in my head. I had the court, the court procedure done in my head a thousand times i played yeah. it through every single way it could have played through mm-hmm. so i would have walked in the court you, have, you know that that uh gif of vince mcmahon when he's walking out like all strutting <laughs> like this i would have walked into the court like that because i know i know there's no way i could have lost that because uh, like judge judy says if you tell the truth you don't need a good memory all i was going to do is go in there and tell the truth and put these two assholes on the spot and i could just walk out of there and say okay next yeah you know yeah but you know wild man well it's a it's it's a hell of uh for a guy with one fighter under his belt it's a hell of a fight well it's funny because when tyler when you message me i'm like jesus i listen to the show i hear some of the guys you have on and yeah i I can't hold a candle to these guys like yeah 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 yeah. a lot of these guys don't get the front of the daily no, it's well. I didn't get the no. front of the Daily News. I did get the front of the Philadelphia Daily News. You want to? Oh, cool. that's, a, that's a pretty good story. So, since you since you live in Jersey, you know all about Wawa. So, yeah. When I when we lived in Philadelphia, my Fuck daily him. routine was to get up, go to Wawa, get my coffee, get my Sizzly, get my Philadelphia Daily News, and get my New York Post. <laughs> right? Those are fucking awesome. You know it, right? You're laughing because yeah, yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah. Am I right? Uh huh. Mostly right, the name, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so the day that I'm on the front page of the paper, yeah, I go to Wawa. So now I'm on the front page of the paper. So the people, 
it's my local Wawa. So they all know me and they see me on the front page of the paper. So they're talking with me for a few minutes and the people are kind of like doing the, yeah, <laughs> that, right. Everyone was cool. So I go home and, uh, the guy from the Philadelphia Daily News said, there's a chance you'll be on the front of the paper Friday. I said, okay, no problem. So this Friday I go, I'm on the front of the paper. So I, I go home and my wife, my wife hadn't woken up yet. So I'm eating my breakfast. She comes down and I go, Hey, look at the paper. So she goes, Oh my God, how many did you get? I go one. She goes, how could you just get one? I go, how many papers do I buy every day? She goes, how many times you're on the front page? I go, no, I know. But it just like, I grab one paper and that's it. So then, of course, <laughs> yeah. she, she ran out and bought like enough for the family and everything. Oh, like that. Cool, but, cool, but I'm cool, just cool, like, cool. no, I just bought one. Like I just, yeah. that's how I always viewed it. I'm like, all right, it's cool. And you know, I mean, and you know, the thing, well, I mean, I have two thoughts, but I mean, one of them is, and you're also still alive, right? Yeah. Like, so there, I mean, there's something to be grateful for, but your hospital bills, who covered that? They must've covered it because I never got one. Oh, thank fucking God. Yeah. Dude, oh least. yeah. I, uh, I never got one. It, and it's yeah. almost a surprise they'd even bill me because I was barely in there a day. Right. And, uh, but I will say that the, a day is fucking a 10 day, G's. Like, like I got there, you know, I know, but it's just with based, I mean, I, I'm going in there with seven stab wounds and I'm in there for a day and a half, you know? Right. Um, right. Everyone at the hospital was awesome. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything That's about. Cool. No, no, no. I'm not. No, but I'm saying I'm j- it just goes to show it probably has something to do with insurance, which is why they rushed me out of there a day and a half later. Oh, for so, sure. Too. But the medical personnel <laughs> were fantastic, but. Uh, yeah. Really, but really. Yeah, they, you, you were, you've been a delight, Joe, but yeah. can you uh, hurry this along <laughs> a little bit, please? we got another person coming to this. <laughs> well, it was funny. I remember having a conversation with, I don't know if he was a nurse or, or whatever he was. And he was from Texas. And I go, fuck, I wish we were in Texas right now because the guy that stabbed me would already be dead. You know, he would have got the death penalty already like 10 minutes later. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As it is now, he's just... Uh, Texas gets some stuff right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So instead, I get to have uh, the guy who tried to kill me uh, get three hots in a cot at uh, upstate jail on my tax dollars. And by the way, the two cops, you know, my tax dollars go to pay them too. So uh, it's like I get fucked over three more times every week I get paid yeah so is that guy still in jail yeah actually oh, yeah, yeah he killed four people of course he's he, he got um he got 50 years for each murder and 25 years for attempted murder on me so he got 225 wow. and actually my sister every now and then finds out you know like what his status is because we're both fingers crossed hoping one day he uh yeah. accident has an accident yeah. but uh he actually just got moved to a different prison it's all upstate new york but uh, i don't know why they move him maybe because He's a douchebag, and they have enough of him, and they just move him to another one. But sure, I'm waiting for the day I find out he's dead, so I can go piss on his grave. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way about my mom's dad. <laughs> Would you ever go and like have a conversation with him and call him, call him some names from behind the glass? I know, I was well, thinking the, the same thing. Dude. Well, I actually great I, cowards I, think alike. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was able to confront him in court when. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I was able to. They call it a victim impact statement. Yes, he was. What happened was he was sentenced first in Brooklyn, and that was in the newspaper, and and that was for every of all of the murders, everything except me, and it was in the paper. Like he was such an asshole, like chirping at all the people's families of the people that he killed and stuff like that. Just a cocksucker, right? So I'm going, okay, he's not going to do that to me. Fuck no, right? So I prepared this whole thing and him and I went back and forth a little bit and it got to the wow. point 
where, yeah, we had, we exchanged words and uh, it got to the point where I started feeling my adrenaline kind of getting the better of me. So I just had to stop. And I was like, I can't do that. I like, I finished everything I had to say. I could have ad libbed a little bit, but I was like, uh, my adrenaline started. I'm not, you know, and there's four court officers by him. And then this monster by me trying to, you know, like he was going to grab me or they were going to grab him. But, you know, a lot of people have asked me that, you know, would you ever go like you see these TV shows all the time where yeah. the victim goes and sees the criminal. And then yeah. at the end, they're hugging and they go, oh, I hope he gets the help he needs and I forgive him and all this shit. And yeah. I go, what the fuck is wrong with you? I yeah. would do it if, if a network wanted to, to you know, uh, commute me up to where he is and do some sort of television show. No problem. But that I'm going to get paid for. I never got paid for any interview I've ever done. I never asked to get yeah. paid. But if you're going to profit off me talking to this asshole who tried to kill me, then you have to pony up some dough. Uh, fight stories guys is 140 bucks. <laughs> is that US or Canadian? And the ticket. And the ticket. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like I said, I, and, and I'll tell you that day that him and I had words in the court, it actually felt pretty good. Yeah. Like, not as good as if I could have, you know, put my finger Fucking rang his neck. Oh, stick yeah. His goddamn yeah. thumb through his eye. Yeah, but uh, but it was pretty good. It felt it felt good in, uh, you know, like my mom and my, my wife and all my family wanted to go. And I said, no, don't go. I don't know how this is going to be. And, um, you know, you never know how family's going to react when the person that tried to kill their family members there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, right. Exactly. So it was uh, my boss went and my, my coworker went and, you know, they're not just my boss, my coworker, their friends, they went. And uh, but, yeah, I felt pretty good. But uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. He doesn't scare me at all. I mean, I, I took his best shot. I'm still here. So yeah. if I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him in a jail cell in a controlled environment, no fucking problem. But if the network wanted to do that, I'd need to get paid. Oh yeah, dude, you need. We need a, a ring fight. That's what we need. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, how about how about we do it differently this time? How about I get I get 45 seconds with a knife and he gets nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that'll that. be like the, when Tosh Point does the do over. You know, <laughs> a five stories do over. <laughs> I know who Tosh Point is, but I'm, I've never watched. I'm older than you guys, so I've never watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, probably more my kids' age stuff. But no. Yeah. Well, you, what can I say? Your kids have good taste. Well, I don't know if they watch it. I'm saying it's more yeah. their age group. I, they're they're going to be, by the end of September, they're going to be 20 and 17. I don't think they actually watch TV. I think all they watch is YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Honestly, Tosh.0 is probably too old for them. They're probably maybe, watching something else. Maybe. No, I, 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 pray, I pray for the day that he dies. I wish I could be the one that does it. Like, like I said, yeah. you see all these people that go, oh, I forgive you and, you know, I, I'll give you a job at this thing. And it's like, where the fuck are fuck you coming that. from? Like, they just the only way you do something up. like that is so you can plan a meticulous revenge. Like when, yeah. his, when his guard is totally down and then like yeah. you kill his, you kill his baby. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny because there was, there were two documentaries done. One was a series that was aired here in the U S which I won't, I won't say it because I don't want to give it any publicity, but it was total bullshit. It was kind of like a police infomercial. It was just total horseshit. Yeah. And then there was an there was a documentary done uh, by a production company in England that usually sells their series to Discovery ID. Uh, it never aired in this country, but I obviously have a copy of it. And I never knew this, but apparently when he was uh, a young teen, I think his first sexual 
encounter led him to have like warts on his dick forever and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so that <laughs> might have, that might have led to him uh, being a little crazy. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> hopefully at one day it just rots his fucking. Uh, that's there, so that's a that's a great weekend of stand up comedy. You know, quick comedy. <laughs> hey, let me ask you guys. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, with with the way the world is now, how is it for you guys doing stand up comedy where everybody uh, everybody is offended by everything? And I know that's what you guys do for a living. And yeah, like like uh, I know uh, I heard Tyler, like I said, I heard Tyler on Kelly Taylor's show. I don't it doesn't sound like he gives a fuck. And John, if you're friends with Zenhauser, I'm sure you don't give a fuck. But it has to be hard for you guys now to do gigs because everyone's offended by everybody. Love better yeah, well, than warts on your dick. <laughs> but like I, you know like i know guy like i know i don't know if you guys know pat dixon like I'm yeah really, yeah I know dixon, so i'm good yeah. friends with him and i've said it to him once like i don't i don't think i can do what you guys do like everyone the, the guys who do what your job and make it look easy means you're just really good at it but if you're really good at it and you make it look easy it's not easy like i couldn't imagine what you, i couldn't do what you guys do i give you guys all the credit in the world Hey, it's uh, it's especially good work when you can find it. Yeah, especially nowadays where you get a f- everyone gets offended by everything. Like, how hard is it for you guys to do your job? Well, we're the real heroes, right? That's- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. man. It's you know what? Who we? He, he, you just can't give a fuck, really. It's like what again? What are they gonna fucking do? Well, I don't even mean like that. I just mean like booking gigs and stuff like that. Like, is it hard with the way things are nowadays? Sometimes you get a little bit of blowback. You know what? I think it's tough with edgier comedy when like navigating through the industry because the industry are followers and they go wherever the wind blows. So if it's like super PC, they're going to be more PC than normal. They play definitely in Canada. They play that yeah for sure. Well, what, and, wasn't there a I think he's a um, a Quebec a guy from Quebec that was he went to jail or something like that well, I forget got, his name. He got sued in like a human rights tribunal. Yes, for, yes, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokes about a uh, like a, a kid make a wish or right? something. He's like a teenage yeah he's like a, a teenage boy who had like a facial disformity. Or, or like disfigure is it like a oh like a, oh, oh, he, oh he he had he had pudding head. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I heard about that like he had a rough go for a few years yeah. right like mike hard. yeah mike ward is his name. yeah i mean listen yes. i mean yes. def- listen yeah. it's definitely things are definitely sort of tightening up in that regard but there are people who break the rules all the time well yeah. i just uh I, if you guys ever do stuff around here because i love i love stand-up comedy I, I like aggressive stand-up comedy and i like offensive stand-up comedy so i'd love to see you guys around here yeah right on joey we'll let you know man <laughs> yeah funny you should say that i've got a zoom show coming up in a week now <laughs> no i want i want to go out i want to have the two drink minimum yeah. you know, i yeah, want to go out with my wife and uh, beauty have a good time so. well joe we want we were, i wanted to launch into your podcast but we've been we've been on the burn for an hour so maybe we That's can get you back it. on and talk and you guys can talk shop because Tyler is also a uh, a hockey fight encyclopedia. So yeah, yeah, for sure. If uh, right on. If you're bored and have nothing to talk about, have me back on anytime. <laughs> Dude, you know, we filled up that hour rather nicely with your one incident. It was uh, it was pretty cool. Our I listeners say. can check you out. Uh, Coliseum Chronicles podcast. That's the that's the one, right? Yeah, on Twitter it's at Coliseum Bin Pod because I couldn't spell out the whole thing. So. <laughs> 
Collie Sinbin Pod on Twitter, and uh, you can listen to the show on all forms, all platforms. Nice. We you can. have a bunch of Islanders enforcers, and yep. yeah, yeah. Latest them. episode was with Eric Bolton. I've had guys like Mick Fakoda, Richie Pilon, Dean Ewan, uh, Paul Cruz, Mike McWilliam. Uh, I got a two-parter coming up with Brian Curran. So, uh, so awesome. I've been pretty fortunate. The guys are awesome. Cool. Wicked, man. Thanks, man. All right, Joe. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. All right. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thank you. Thanks for All having me, right, brother. All right. Bye now. Later, thank dude. You. Ha <laughs> ha.